Okay, welcome everybody. We are live on Zoom and Facebook. This is a Singapore 4th of June live stream. It used to be Google Hangouts, but they're too complicated. Live stream is much better. And we have got some great guests for you today. Now, we've got great guests. We've got, look at that, we've already got 49 people watching. You're very popular, you two. And before I get going, there's a couple of things to mention, right? So Singerville, just in case anyone has forgotten, best investment agency in the world. That's number one, get that out of the way. Uh, if you want to sell any properties, you come to us. Number two, the um, live stream is CPD accredited. So if you want a CPD certificate to get your hours up, uh, give us a call after. Now, interestingly enough, we only ever get one or two people asking. So clearly people actually enjoy watching these events. They're not just doing it to get CPD points, which is, which is nice. Next thing, sign up on our Facebook page and you get notifications and all these things straight away. Sign up on YouTube and you will get um, notifications on anything posted on our YouTube channel, don't forget. We also do a podcast. So this evening, when you're doing your allowed walk around the heath, you can listen to the SingyVL uh, live stream with Pure Gym. In case you miss anything, you can listen to it again. Personally, I like listening to Dad's Army. Best thing, best, always, always, best thing in my opinion on the radio. Anyway, uh, and I think if I miss anything, that's it. So, da, 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 that's it. Okay, right. Live stream, live stream. Now we've got the normal team, and some of our team um, will come. I'm not sure. We've, we've got people joining us. I'm not quite sure everyone is. We've got a few missing, but they'll join. We've got Dale, Daniel. Doug in Scotland, Graham in Scotland, Marcus and um, Marcus and Richard in um, the East Midlands. We should have a few others joining us in a minute, but our guests today are none other than Humphrey Cobbold and Duncan Costin. Now, um, Humphrey, you're muted. I'm going um, to unmute you. I'm, I can unmute myself. It's okay. There we go. There you go. Now, so as we all know, we've got lots to ask Humphrey and Duncan, haven't we? With the Lots about what's going on. Let me just introduce you, these two guys to you, first of all. Right, so uh, Humphrey Cobbold, who I've known a few years when he was at Wiggle and is now running Pure Gym. Humphrey, I need to ask you a question. How on earth did you get a Wikipedia page? Uh, I, you know what? I have no idea. Somebody put it up. I think it was a stub, and I think, you know, it's been tweaked by somebody. I may have done one thing to it. But What's a stub? What do you mean a stub? Well, I think there's, there's an auto-generator, I think. Is I think it? the wiki, wiki has an auto-generator. Um, I'd love to get a Wikipedia page. Well, I, you could just need to put it up there, Neil. Just you get tried. <laughs> you tried. They rejected me. I don't know. It just happened. just happened. Oh. Didn't, I, it wasn't that's something... I, I didn't pay an agency a lot of money, if that's what you're, uh, you're asking. Oh, can you hear the dogs? Can you, can you hear the dogs barking? They're not disturbing, are they? No, it's all right. All right. And Duncan, who retail di property director guru at companies like yeah. 99p gyms, uh, 99p stores rather, Peacocks, Boots, etc., driving the acquisition trail with um, Pure Gym. Now, we could talk about property. But it's too, we don't want to talk. We, we're going to talk about pure gym. COVID. Should talk, and you, you should talk with Duncan about his motorbike riding habits as oh, well. You, how do you know? He really enjoys doing. 
Look, there's a quiz coming up. Let me explain to everyone the format. Here's the format, right? The format is, I've got a couple of, we're going to talk actually, uh, a couple of questions here and there. We're going to then test everyone's knowledge of the gym market. Got a couple of questions to ask people. We're going to ask to the audience and then people can, I think you can put your hand up, can't you? Oh, oh there's a chat already. I think people put their hand up and I, morning, Marcus is a double. There you are. So people can put their hand up and I can ask their, I can answer, uh, I, can actually, I can actually bring anybody into the discussion. If you actually want to actually go, if you've got enough, um, uh, uh, enough confidence to come on screen directly, I can actually link you in on a camera uh, at any time. You just have to send a message. So it's that, that's what's very good about this, um, this Zoom webinar. Look at that. Is, that, is that product placement? Am I allowed to do that? Yeah. Anyway, so what we thought we'd do is ask a few questions, see what's going on about pure. Everyone in property is actually very interested in the leisure market, as you can probably yeah. appreciate, in, in all seriousness. But before I get going, anybody in the network, anybody in the Singapore team can ask, could just get flag and you can ask a question. Duncan and Humphrey, can I just ask you, what, what out of interest with this lockdown, what have you found the most difficult thing? Uh, well, yeah, let me go first on that. The, I mean, it's gone through phases, hasn't it? I mean, learning to live, wake up one morning with zero revenue, you know, and burning 10 million quid a week um, and working out what you're going to do about that. I mean, going from a business that was on a tear in January and February and going so well, done a big acquisition in Europe, we were going like a train. And then in a period of about seven to 10 days, it went from great to dead in the water I and mean, I've never seen anything like it and just adjusting to that and dealing with all the shit that comes from that with staff you know the awkward conversations with landlords because we got closed down five days before the second quarter rent day um, and all the consequences of that furlough we furloughed 7,300 people out of 7,500 across Europe you know just the first six weeks was just dealing day by day with the mayhem of taking a business that we'd taken 10 years to build and closing it down over 10 hours. It's um, never done anything it's like unbelievable, it. Unbelievable, isn't it? It was, it was staggering, just staggering. Um, and that was what the first phase, you know, for me was kind of all about just dealing over six weeks with all the shit that happens when you take a business that's going really well and literally in 10 days, goes from glory boy to zero. Yeah. You know, that was, and I sit as the chief executive, you know, so you have to manage all that. I mean, D Duncan has some, probably some more sort of property related kind of, you know, elements, but yeah, I know it was a pretty interesting experience for him as well, I think. Yeah, I think, I think for us going from being one of, if not the most aggressive acquirer in the business, uh, in, the, in the property sector, um, to, to suddenly having to, switch the, the team to managing the existing estate and, tr and trying to talk to all the landlords and, and negotiate some sort of rent deal with them. Um, it, it's just a totally new world for, for a lot of people. Um, it's, it's conversations that neither party wanted to have and, and conversations that uh, we had to have because we were just all, everybody was just forced into this situation where businesses have got zero revenue and, and how, how do you address that in, in leases that you're, you're contractually 
obliged to pay rents on. Um, so yeah, it was. Uh, it, it's been a, a very, very difficult three three months or so, and it's uh, and it remains to be so because we we still, of course, haven't got a, an absolute date when we're likely to open yet. And um, when we do open, we don't know whether we're going to be able to stay open. If so, for how long? So um, yeah, but very tricky times. Sort of came. It's, it's it's it was odd, wasn't it? I sort of get the feeling. My 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 feedback is with us is that we had this rumor of the lockdown coming. All of a sudden, it came. You couldn't go to Curry's and buy a computer monitor because they would. There was it was it was a fire sale at Curry's. It was right? Yeah, it was on, and it was the first week was getting yourself set up at home. Actually, as a business, it wasn't. It didn't really affect us. We were we were all we were very much cloud based as a business. It didn't really. It wasn't a problem. So we all we all had a week or so rushing around getting yourself set up at home, and and then of course for the first four or five weeks we were all doing. Joe Wicks workouts. In fact, I was doing them. Joe, you know all these, all these stuff, and the, and it, and then it's sort of become a bit of a bore, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Once you get it through the like first, sort of, it was yeah. like this adrenaline rush to sort things out, and now it's just a complete bore and pain in the ass. Yeah. And um, so it's looks, sort of, yeah. you sort, and I feel, and, and the other thing, I feel that personally, you have good days and bad days. It's a real up and oh, down, isn't it? Yeah, completely. You have you have times when you just I mean, I've I, I've stared in I've a mirror behind my desk at this sort of bedroom that I use in my home office, and I sometimes I stare into it in that first week. So we always and ask, yeah, what did I do wrong in a former life? <laughs> you know what I mean, well, yeah, why yeah, why do we deserve this shit? Yeah, it was all going so well. I mean, it wasn't perfect. We had all the Brexit shit going on and things like that. It wasn't perfect, and then we get whacked by this. Yeah, and, and what Duncan says is true. Remember, we were trying. We were on track to open 65 sites uh, this year. We were building. Yeah, we're at 270 sites. We had a clear program to build to um, between 500 and 600. We were going to ask you guys to find us three million square feet of a space. And by the way, in the long run, that's still our plan. You know, so we had still have strong. We'll come to this strong long run belief about our model and what we're going to do. Um, it's just going to, you know, there's going to be a gap of, I don't know, you tell me, between 12 and 18 months, you know, which one day we'll look black on it and it will look like a sort of blank piece in the world and we'll say, what happened then? Oh, I remember that was when the world went to hell in a handbasket because yeah. of COVID-19. We don't know how long that is yet. We don't know about second waves and things. Clearly going to be a big block of time before any form of common sense returns. I see, I don't understand why you can't open well, uh, there, there are good, there are, if you're, if you're a, a virologist and you want to stop infection, you know, there are good reasons why you don't want, you know, in one of our busiest gyms without any changes, yeah, you got 250 people in there um, on a Tuesday night at six o'clock. And it's not a sweat thing. Everyone gets sweat. You can't catch the virus through sweat. But that's a lot of people pounding treadmills next to each other and bumping into each other in changing rooms. Etc. So I understand why you can't go back to that, but we'll we'll control things down. We'll take that to 50 to 100. We'll manage demand and capacity. We'll spread out machines. We got. I was actually in meetings with government most of yesterday, working on protocols and um, working procedures, so they're getting comfortable with those. And I think we'll be open again by sort of mid July. Sometime in July we'll be open. I think that's where the government's heading towards. Yeah, but I, yeah, I mean, I think they can just spread things out, but it is a real. I don't know. I'm getting a bit uh, irritated by it. Okay, so let's talk about. I mean, 
let's go on to we've actually got a question look we've got a question from right, a question. emily maitlis eat your heart out right so i've got a question from <laughs> please no from from uh billy mckay right he said do you see the covid pandemic changing the space requirements for your sector and will this have any medium short-term impact on your individual property space or configuration requirements don't tell us how big you how big your gyms are, because I've got a question about that later. Sure. All right. Okay. There you go. Um, what do you think? Look, the, the quick answer is probably not. Um, we're going to looking, be looking for a mix of sizes in the future as we have in the past. Um, and, you know, the density of population, how people travel, those sort of things aren't going to change radically. There are going to be a few more people on bikes and a few less people on public transport for a, a period of time. Um, but I think that's going to normalise over time. Yes, I do. Um, and, and I think we'll be looking for similar sort of sites in the future to what we've been looking for in the past. As, as, as you know, and Duncan can explain, I, I don't want to mention any sizes, but we've broadened the range of, of sizes that we'll, um, we'll go into. We're a much more flexible business. We've, we've worked hard to create formats that work in different sizes. Yeah, I think Tesco Express, Tesco Supermarket, and Tesco Extra, they're big beasts. We're not quite on that scale, but you know they worked hard to create formats that work differently. And you know, we've done that. And you know, Duncan, we've been pretty successful, I think, at opening up new market space yeah. because of that, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I think in the short term, in, in terms of an immediate reopening after COVID, the, the bigger the gym, the easier it will be to socially distance. Um, I think that's true. So um, in the short term, the bigger gyms will be, will be much easier for us to operate and still get a reasonable volume of, of people in whilst still meeting whatever criteria the government set down for us. But in the long term, um, you've got to assume that at some point things are going to come back to normal, relatively normal. Um, and, and the footprints that we take now will be the footprints that we're taking for the, for the rest of our acquisition train. You see, I've got a question for you on that. <coughs> it's... It'll be interesting to see what happens to the gym experience in the future. If you think how, um, for example, one of the things that I found quite interesting particularly is how the restaurants who are trying to find revenue, they're now doing home delivery, not yep. just of cooked food, but also of, of supplies. So you, you can very easily see that a successful restaurant group will be one that does part experience in the physical location and part delivery for for home so there are loads of these videos I've, you've got them yourself on on your yeah. own website i wonder if membership of a gym will become part physical and part home yeah i think i think that's quite that's going to be um a part of the future to an extent it, it already was but you know people are saying that five years of change has happened in five months that's probably right but look at the picture behind you there, Neil. Um, and, you know, you can't see it because it's... Oh, yeah, I can. I can. Sorry, I've just been on that. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, look at that. Um, the reality is that all that equipment is pretty... Uh, indeed, any of that equipment is pretty hard to get in your own front room. You know, so, you know, mostly people go to gyms um, to do a, a mix of exercise, much of which you can't do in the park or you can't do in your own front room. Um, yeah, you can't, most people aren't going to have an Olympic lifting platform, a set of dumbbells or a set of barbells back home. And if they did, their mum and dad are going to shout at them for lifting up the front room yeah, with them. Now, 
you know, rich people can have them in their garage and do their own gym. And you know, we've got rich friends who've you know bought themselves Peloton bikes and that sort of thing. Um, Neil, well, Peloton's great, but it's two and a half grand to buy the bike, and two and a half grand is what the average British bloke spends on a second-hand car, not on a bike that sits in the corner of a bedroom and gets used once or twice a week. Yeah, well, that's, that's what rich people do, and the majority of our customers are kind of normal joes on the streets that's what people are like and two and a half grand is you know a you know huge summer holiday or a second-hand car for the wife you know it's not what you kind of spank you know just a bit of money on because you want to be a bit fitter whereas 20 pounds a month going to the gym to frankly get away from your wife and family or get away and do some things that plays a real role for people but they will there'll be much more of working out to screens and i quite like that we'll because people are getting used to working out to screens means that we'll have more digital screens in our studios and, and uh, our offering on sites, as well as offering it on our app and creating subscriptions that may be linked to that um, in the future. But, you know, all of that will happen. I, I don't think the role that gyms plays play because of what we can provide at really very low cost, you know, for people um, is going to go away. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a, we've actually got some questions. The, but before I come on to that, the, you know, gyms used to be, used to have, what, I, what was always interesting when you first, first started to go into pure gym is that gyms used to want a 12-month membership, didn't they? 12 months, 40 quid a month was the yeah. basic kind of deal. And I don't know if any of those models are still around, actually. They're still, uh, still around plenty, but clearly all the growth has been in you know, what we do, which is £20 a month one month at a time and there are a lot more people who'll take a 20 pound decision than take a 500 pound decision and it's a pretty it's a pretty simple equation and you know you can see from the product behind we offer a great product it's good enough for anybody's basic needs look if you want to have chrome and glass and that sort of thing in a virgin active or a third space i mean and they're great don't get me wrong you can do that but that's 100 120 pounds a month if you want to work out and get in work out and get home again why spend more than 20 25 pound a month yeah the 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 interesting thing is this is that the the model of a, a fixed contract i would assume would have meant that those companies had a choice whether to maintain their income streams you i would imagine everyone just froze their membership you overnight yeah, it, they had a choice to a degree in in this this was interesting it varied a lot across geographies in the uk no nobody carried on charging people once they were closed Interestingly, in, our, in, our, in Germany, the Germans were pretty happy. So a lot of German customers said, OK, yeah, go on charging me. It's not your fault you're closed. It's kind of bizarre. And in America, if you charge people, you had a class action lawsuit on your desk the next morning. <laughs> so that's the, that's the way it worked. Yeah, but it varied a lot by, uh, by geography. We, we, we froze our membership the day we closed. We've had no revenue to speak of in the UK. A tiny bit for subscriptions on the... Uh, on the app, but yeah, we'll start revenue again the day that we uh, we reopen. Yeah, I mean, my local gym is uh, UCS, uh, the UCS Active, which no, I, which no, I love, no. and they actually froze membership without any, without me asking. Yeah, they, no, we did the same. Which was actually, I thought that was a really good PR. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you had to do that because we take DDs every we we draw thirty five thousand direct debits every single working day. And you know, if, if you, you close your gyms and then you start drawing 35,000 direct debits the next day, you're going to have a whole load of people on the phone saying, what are you doing? You're not open, you're not going to be open for three months, why are you taking money from me? 
and that's that's very destructive for a brand so we we closed out direct debit straight away um i'm gonna i've got we've actually got a question look at this i like i should definitely be on news night right here we go this first question it doesn't say who it's from actually oh lee pearl lee pearl humphrey said maybe tongue-in-cheek that we property boys have nothing to do apart from moan about tenants <laughs> but all joking apart how have you generally found landlords have acted towards you during this period um, Duncan, do you, do you want to take that one as you've been right in the front sure. line of that? I mean, I think, I think the approach of landlords has softened somewhat since the whole issue arose in, in March. Um, and we very quickly, before the March quarter date, wrote to all our landlords just saying we've got no revenue coming in. We need to share the pain with us. Um, we'd like three months rent free, please. Um, I think um, we had a reasonably good response to that. Um, most landlords wanted something in return, so um, a, a bit of extra term or moving a break. Um, but what we found is over the, over the course of the last uh, 10 weeks, whatever it's been, the, the landlords have become a little bit softer, a little bit more pragmatic, a bit more realistic, and far more understanding of the problems that um, retail and, and leisure businesses are facing. Um, and have been pretty collaborative in the way that they've worked with us to come up with a solution that, that suits both parties. I think one of the biggest barriers has been that a lot of the banks haven't, haven't played ball with the landlords and, and, their, and their borrowings. Um, and, and that's meant that some landlords have had to be a little bit more aggressive than others. But, but generally, we've found them to be pretty realistic and understanding um, so far. Um, and... Uh, certainly 40% of our landlords, um, we, we've got some form of, of rent-free out of so far. We've still got quite a number that we're, we're talking to and trying to come to a, an amicable solution. We had a handful that had an extremely aggressive approach um, before the moratorium on stat demands and, and cars and winding up petitions and the like. Um, and we've, we've clearly still got no protection against that in Scotland or Northern Ireland. Um, so... Um, it's an ongoing exercise and it's still going to take a couple of months to finally resolve it. But we've been pretty pleased overall, I think. Yeah. I think people have, you know, it was a shock for all of us. And, you know, Duncan and I had to sit down that we were closed down on a Friday night and Duncan and I and a couple of other colleagues spent most of that weekend drafting, you know, a letter no chief executive ever, ever wants to have to write to all our landlords saying, listen, I'm really sorry. <clears throat> no money coming in we're not going to pay your rent on the quarter day uh, next week because we just can't we're going to have to negotiate you know we'd like you to give us three months rent free you know we'd like to sit down and talk this you know through with you uh, yeah. and, and no, nobody wants to write a letter like that it was the same time when I was working out what I was going to do with 7,300 people in the group as well it was a fairly hectic and somewhat anxiety provoking uh, time and of course you know we've just been hit by the shock of it and in fairness it took landlords a bit of time to come to terms with that none of them wanted to receive that letter either um, and you know there was a period of time when it was a bit awkward and everybody had to come to terms with it but I think there's an understanding that you know we didn't do anything wrong you know we didn't do anything wrong with our business it just happened the same as happened to restaurants and pubs and things and there's inevitably going to be some sharing of the pain up the system to landlords and to financiers and stuff. But each step 
starts with people saying, oh, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Why should we do that? And then actually comes to terms with that um, over time. And I know there's a um, working party that's just been put in place by the uh, government that we're quite connected to in terms of a series of the property federations on the one side and some of the industry associations, particularly the uh, Leisure and Hospitality and British Retail Consortium, getting down around a table. We've asked if we can sit around that table as well. We've got 7,500 sites, 40 million square feet of, of space um, out there. We think you know, we're worth a seat at that table, but we'll see. You know, to talk about um, how, how are we going to handle through this period that's going to go on for a little while yet. That's the reality. Um, and it, it, you have to let the sort of the tension, I think, subside a bit. You know, then you have to, you know, it's classic process of, you know, anger, sort of grieving, anger, denial, you know, acceptance, and then reconciliation has to come at some sort of stage where you say, right, let's get around the table and talk about how we can make this work. Because, you know, we can't just have endless fights going on here. And I, and I hope that's the process that we're getting into now. The truth is, how could the letter... If you think about it, it goes up the tr up the chain. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous for look. You, it, 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 I've seen some really nice gestures. Yeah, and I've seen some really bad behaviour in this um, in the lockdown. And you can't ever. It's a, it's a very much helping each other out. Yeah. However, I mean, it's interesting, you know, you've got your rent freeze, your, which you've been asking for. Yeah, well, quite, quite a lot on the deferrals, in fairness, Neil. I, I, either rent freeze tend to come with extension to leases and stuff, you know, a sort of okay. two months for one or something like that. But then quite yeah. a lot of deferrals, you know, because our, our issue, you know, we, our business, we believe, will bounce back. We'll, you know, we're just having to manage cash. We're, we're very fortunate. We've got current liquidity. We just don't know how long we have to manage it for. So... We've got to manage near-term cash very, very closely. Do you? Yes. It's, interesting enough, adding three months to the term doesn't make any difference to the value of, a, of a, someone's investment. Virtually none. No. But what no, it does it, do, I suppose, it extends out a quarter, so the yeah. banks can have another quarter it, for their it, it, amortization. It sort, of, it sort of squares the circle a bit, but yeah, if it's four or five years' time or seven years away, yeah. it's, it's 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 like an abatement, really. Exactly. I, so I I get that. Now here's. Do you think the rents are going to come down? Because it, it could be, it could be this whole this whole thing. I mean, I have a view across um, the um, uh, uh, industry that I I think that the rents could come down everywhere. Not I, just, we're not just talking leisure. We're talking yeah, correct. What, what do you think, Duncan? I mean, you're much closer uh, to uh, you yeah. should be in quite a good position as a tenant to start negotiating with your landlords or new landlords, shouldn't you be? I think un undoubtedly rents are going to come down across the board, um, certainly across the retail and leisure sectors. You know, we've, we've seen a number of businesses already going into administration, CVAs, etc. And I, I suspect we'll see a lot more, um, perhaps, perhaps especially in the, in the restaurant sector, but there's, you know, there's one or two in the gym sector that are, are, are in a bit of trouble at the moment. Um, every economic downturn always leads to a rebalancing of rents um, and uh, arguably we should be in one of the strongest positions to capitalize on that but I don't, I don't think it stops at just a, a rebalancing of rents Neil I think it's um, I think it's an ideal opportunity to have a whole a look at the whole structure of commercial leases 
Um, you know, until now, gyms have never really looked at turnover lead, turnover rents. I think there's, a, there's an opportunity to do that. I also think there's an opportunity to, to look at possible upwards and downwards rent reviews if, if the rents are fixed um, with, with caps and collars so that there's, there's still an opportunity for uh, landlords and developers to, to secure finance with some degree of certainty. Um, but I think there's a great opportunity to, to remodel the, the sort of standard institutional commercial lease. Uh, I think it's important that tenants um, get, get together through the representative bodies and, and review exactly how we want to see leases go. The, the whole structure of leases at the moment is very much in favour of landlords and lenders um, and the tenants always uh, are, are the ones who, who end up suffering really as a, as a result of any, any downturn. You know, we, we're, we've got 270 gyms, uh, in three months time every single one of those gyms is over rented. Um, we've yeah. got rents from December. Although, yeah. Although, yeah. Although I, I'm going to, Rob wants to ask you a question, but before I do, let me just make one point. I, I don't agree with turnover rents. If I wanted to invest, if I wanted to take a share of your profitability, I'd invest in, take shares in your business, wouldn't I? Or if you're public. So, you know, why would I? You're, you're, you're telling me you've got this great property development that's going to, that's going to be fantastic footfall, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Share that risk with me. It might not be. Share the risk with me. Yeah, but it's all—it's market forces, isn't it? You're—you're—you're you're going to want turnover, and there'll be some new gym coming up who's coming up behind you, and they'll say we won't do turnover. It's all—it's all about market forces. Yeah. Look, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, look, yeah. understand why, why landlords don't want to be exposed to business risk, which is what you're saying, Neil. But in oh. time, you know, there may be more of that rather than less of it in the future. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, look, in theory, I mean, one other question for you very quickly, because in theory, I'm, you want long leases to amortise down your fit-out costs, don't you, for example? So ideally, you should have five-year leases or three-year leases, whatever, really. But I suppose financially, all your investment into the gym would make it viable. So... Yeah. We need a 10-year extension, really, yeah. Yeah, correct. Yeah, look, we yeah, look, we we, yeah, we, we, we put a relatively large amount of capital into sites compared to an average retailer. Therefore, we tend to seek and want slightly longer tenure to begin with, at least. Right, Robert. Hi, hi, everybody. Um, just a quick question. Um, when I look at gyms, I mean, obviously, you're in a unique position that you don't necessarily have to facilitate. The same sort of thing as, say, David Lloyd, which comes to changing rooms. Yeah. And this is a bigger issue, I think, for these sort of companies, organisations. I think, uh, from what I understand, I haven't been into a pure gym for quite some time. I know my son used to go. But it's a very much of a hop-in, hop-out situation, maybe for 30 minutes, 40 minutes, which I thought, would, as pure gym, would be advantageous to your organization because the distancing, the fact that you don't need to go for a swim and necessarily change in a changing room. Is that a big advantage that you see against other gyms to differentiate yourselves? Well, look, I, I think it's a part of it. I mean, actually the average dwell time is between 45 minutes and an hour in, in total. You know, uh, that's the just on an average basis. Um, and we have changing rooms and showers. You know, to be honest, we, we are much tighter on space than a David Lloyd who will put, you know, part of the appeal for people is a nice sexy changing room, big fluffy towels. Um, we don't do towels. Our changing rooms are functional. Um, you know, they work, they have good showers in them, but you get in, you get out. 
um, yeah. from the point of view of, of, of in the viral environment, yes, lots of people go to our gyms and go back home and shower. That's absolutely fine. Indeed, we'll be encouraging that. We don't know what the protocols are going to be. At the moment, the government is saying they're fine with changing rooms as long as social distance is maintained, which means we have to put some of that black and yellow tape on the floor of the changing room and show people what a two-meter box looks like. All that stuff's happening in 270 gyms all across the country as we speak uh, right. to enable that. The, the real advantage, Robert, comes from um, our scale, and I don't want to give, you know, give too much away for Neil's quiz, but um, you know, our average sites are about the size of five or six tennis courts. And, and that just gives us space to create the distancing. You know, we can spread our treadmills out. We can, you know, we can box off sections. We can use that. We've got space. The average gym size in the UK is about a tennis court or two. You know, so uh, uh, bigger than the average. And that, that's what really will help us in this situation. I, I agree, because you are specifically a gym. Yeah. Whereas these other facilities are a combination of factors of tennis courts and facilities for nurseries. Rest, and restaurants, bars. We don't have any restaurants, bars. We don't have reception areas. Yeah. We put all the space into gym and fitness and we'll create spacing within that. But there's no, no Turkish bars. You can't have a Turkish bath or a sauna or a, or a hot tub at the moment in anything that can be socially distanced. None of that works. Correct. So what I was thinking, and it's just outwardly thinking, your USP is unique to other competitors that if people are thinking about moving away from their existing gym and looking for better value, surely your market take may be, listen, you've got a problem with the David Lloyd, you've got a problem with another organisation who can't facilitate what you can do, come and join us because we've got this whole situation organised. Do you want a job as a marketing director? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, exactly, yeah. that's exactly the line. You know? yeah. That's and what I've been saying to you, and, and, and that's what you're validating, actually. That's what, we, what we've always said is we want people not to have to compromise on the workout. Great kit, plenty of it, good clean environment. We'll take that up five notches, clean, sterile, hygienic environment, lots more work, so don't compromise on that. And you only have to pay 20 or 25 quid a month and you don't have to sign up for 12 months. So if you, if you come for a month and don't like it at the end of the month, then you can leave. Um, yeah. whereas the, you know, the, the contractual model, when you think, I mean, whoever woke up in the morning and said, today I want to buy a 12 month contract for anything. Nobody wants to do that for anything, but you have to do it in certain business models because their cost of sale is where it is and that's what they're, they're doing. But nobody ever, that was never in the interest of the consumer. So we, that's the big change we put in was we said, we'll do without that. And people join us and leave us more quickly. But you know, we have people who join and leave us three times in a year. That's fine. Yeah. If your kids go off to university, they'll join us. They'll stay for a term, come back home, join again in a zero joining fee promotion the next term and say, thank you very much. And then they won't go in the third term because they run out of cash because they drank all the money you gave them. Yes. I, I think what you're saying is you're giving a win-win and solutions for total flexibility Correct. with what my view is to your business model because you've got a so many sites you specialize in what you do and I think you've got a very clear message and if you get that out to other yep. potential gym users wanters etc you know you'll rack up your and this, is, and, and this is why robert's joined the stingerville network right because he's a good salesman right yeah, simon, simon. Yes, i don't want to hire him man yeah anyway simon simon's in ireland and we simon um 
got a question. Yeah, hi everybody. Sorry, I, I was on the wrong link, so you couldn't see me. Um, yeah, don't worry. In, in, in Ireland, it's similar. There's been a move towards um, monthly or even weekly subscriptions. Uh, yep. Fly, FlyFit is the comparable operator here. I know FlyFit. And they've really disrupted the Irish gym scene. And I, I just wondered, is this COVID crisis going to push people even further away from the annual membership model? I mean, it appears to me that it will. You, you, you would have thought so. I mean, why wouldn't you? I mean, what's going to happen post this crisis is there's a much greater awareness of the importance of physical well-being, activity and general health. You know, you, you don't, you know, you want to try not to be overweight, try not to have comorbidity characteristics like diabetes, keep yourself fit and healthy, it'll help your immune system. So demand overall for fitness and activity should go up, whether it's met at home or in gyms or running in the, the park. And then when you say you're going to do that, in an uncertain world, why are you going to want to sign a £50 a month Ben Dunn contract for 12 months or a FlyFit contract month by month, or in our case, you know, Pure Gym versus Nuffield versus you know, Fitness First or DW, where you have to sign up for 12 months at a time really to get a decent price. People want flexibility. We, we, we allow people to buy, you can come for a day, you can come for three days, you can buy a week pass. Most people buy monthly rolling because it just makes it easier. You can cancel any time, um, et cetera. And that's, people want that sort of flexibility. Because we don't, I mean, the, the kid, I mean, guys I know age 25, they don't know what they're doing you know, for dinner next weekend, let alone what they're doing in a month's time. Yeah, the whole, whole in a normal world, let alone COVID-19. Immediately, isn't it? Yeah, I, I have a client here with a, just one gym and he is an interesting model in that he makes most of his money from the rent that he charges personal trainers. Uh, yeah, that can work. That's a, and that's a different model. It tends to be more premium. Yeah, it's not a fancy gym, but he seems to have a lot of personal trainers and they pay more to him than he collects from membership fees. Yeah, and it, it works. But I think that's going to be very tricky to manage yeah. with social distancing and I don't know how he's going to do that. Yeah, social distancing, I mean... Um, the way they're setting up for PT as long as you're as long as you're not within two meters, then you're fine. But you can't do spotting on a weight rack and kind of close kind of contact, no. kind of boxing and pad work and that sort of thing. So a whole load of PT activities have gone, and of course PT is expensive, so people are going to have less money and that sort of thing. So that's going to right money. Can I talk about money? Can I talk about money? Yep. Look, we're we're so multi-channel. Right? We're so such a modern agency. We've got a question off Facebook. Ooh. Uh, yeah, I know. It's impressive, isn't it? This is from Sebastian. He says, in addition to introducing the social distancing impact on customer numbers in the short term, presumably you are also mindful of the impact of unemployment and reduced salaries. Yep. Um, your customers will be faced with in forecasting future revenues. So actually, what would you do? Would you actually, what are you, what are you going to do with that people who've lost their job? Would you reduce their pay, their, their, their memberships or something? Or? So what we do, what we, I mean, what we're doing when we reopen is we're reopening on exactly the same price basis on uh, which we, uh, which we close. Um, and to be honest, we, we don't actually, know what, go on. We, we, we don't know what's going to happen exactly. Um, so we'll watch very carefully. We're lucky in that we have, we price every gym separately. We price every product in every gym separately. We've created a really, you know, technically quite um, sophisticated price management framework. And that's exactly like an airline. Um, you know, when you go to, or when we're allowed to go to Mallorca by EasyJet, you know that every flight and every seat on that flight can be priced differently. You know that because you look on the screen and yeah. if I go in the middle yeah. of the night, it's 40 quid. If I take the 11 o'clock flight, it's 200 or whatever. We all know that. 
Well, our version of that is we can price every product in every gym. We don't, we don't vary it like EasyJet does. What that allows us to do is if there are markets where um, the economies hit harder um, and unemployment is higher, um, demand at a certain price will be lower and we'll drop prices in that market to encourage more people to come in. We might drop the um, off-peak membership you know, way down um, in order to encourage people who have time on their hands and want to go off-peak times only because they can get a really good deal, they'll do that. Um, and we'll play with pricing across the network like that to um, optimize it. We won't, we won't drop people's prices just because they become unemployed because we can't regulate that. But if people want to leave and rejoin on an off-peak membership because I'm unemployed and I can go at the weekends or middle of Thursday morning or you know, mid-Tuesday afternoon when nobody else is in the gym, then they can change their membership to that. And that can be quite significant. Our gym in Holborn used to be $34.99 a month because it's a centre of London gym. It's sort of super busy there. But off-peak was 19 quid. And you know, 19 quid for a decent gym in the centre of London is unbelievable value. Because yeah. we're trying to encourage people to go in and off-peak. Yeah, okay. Well, there's a further point there. Yeah. I think there's a further point there as well, Humphrey, that um, we're, as, given our price point and our flexibility, yet there's a lot of people in the UK whose financial circumstances are going to have changed quite dramatically um, as, a, as a result of COVID. Um, what we lose out at the bottom of our membership of, of people who've, who've perhaps lost their jobs or their incomes reduced, we'll actually get back in through the top for people who want to leave the more expensive gyms for more flexibility and a lower cost. Um, so we end up in a, in a, a more neutral position, um, whereas a, a high cost has got nowhere to go if, if people lose their jobs and the financial circumstances change. So I think that's a big, a big benefit that we've got. You know, there'll be a lot, there's going to be a lot less people in town, isn't there? Yep. So, um, oh, I've frozen. There's going to be a lot less people in town. So actually, I wonder what, I wonder, how that will affect your in-town gyms. I suppose you just so, won't see, yeah, won't you, really? Yeah, we're, we're <laughs> expecting numbers to be down significantly in Piccadilly and St Paul's and Mullaban, but yeah. probably up a bit in Southgate and North Finchley and Enfield and places like that. I mean, people yeah. haven't disappeared suddenly. They're still out there. And luckily, when you've got an estate of yeah. 270 gyms, you know, you've got some city centre ones, you've got some resi ones. We've got them in places like Barnstable and Plymouth and... Yeah, yeah gloss up and we're all over. So what we lose in one place, we'll pick up somewhere else. Out. Right. I think, I think, well, Graham's got a question, but can I, let's, what we were also going to do was to make it a bit lighthearted because we've got quite a lot of people watching today. And some of those people, some of those names I recognise and some of them are very fit. Some of them are very <laughs> fit. So I, I'm, I thought it would be quite, it would be quite nice to test some knowledge of their, of the gym, uh, a pure gym and, their, and the gym, right? So let's, should we have a little break from you guys um, talk? Should we sort of give a couple of questions to the audience? And let's see what happens, yeah? Now, what everyone should be able to vote in this. So should, is, let's go with the first question, right? Uh, let me launch this, here we go. You sort of gave it away slightly, you naughty boy. Yeah, sorry. Anyway, here we go. What you is, have to know how big a tennis court is. Yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> So what is the most common size of a pure gym? So everybody should be able to um, to uh, vote on that. And let's see what, let's see what the happens. the Q&A button at the bottom, is it, Neil? That looks like it, yeah. Good. You should, you should be able to see this. Can you see yeah, this? Yeah, I can see it. It's good. Yeah, it's good. Come on, don't be shy. Don't be shy. Let's, let, let's, have, let's see how... Um, I should actually ask... We should actually have a prize for... Um, 
I don't know if you guys can you vote. The, the we'll, give, we'll give. We'll give. We'll give a We'll give a, a, a three-month membership for two as the prize for each question. If you gather the names, Neil, when we're reopened, won't do much good now. I, uh, can I gather the names? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I actually don't know if I can. I can have a well, look. They can email you. They can email you and say, "I won this one," you know, and we'll give people a three-month. Honesty. I think we're going to rely on people. I tell you, it will be a bit like when you go to, you know, you go to, you go to Waitrose and you, 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 you know, you pay, you um. You have to pay. You pay yourself. There's no. There's no one on the till. So with the people's honesty, right? Are we finished. Has everyone finished voting? We're up to. Oh, there's a few more coming in. But, but I gather the team can't vote. Is that right, Dale? Can you not vote? No, we can't. No, we can't vote. Right, so hold on. Nah. We've got Dale, Marcus. Hold on, Dale, Marcus, Richard. Who have I missed? Uh, Dale, Marcus, Richard. Uh, who, who else? Who else is with us? Yeah, Daniel. Uh, Robert, Graham, and Doug. Right. Okay. Okay. Let's see how let's see how clever my team is. Right, Dale. How big? I would. I'm going for fifteen thousand square feet. Marcus. Ten thousand square feet. Richard. Five thousand, Neil. Daniel. Fifteen thousand. Robert. You're muted. Robert? Still muted. All right, move on. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. oh, apologies. Between 10 and 15, uh, I don't quick, know. Need an answer. Quick, no, no, quick. One, a one word answer. 10. 10, right. Graham? 5,000. Doug? 10,000. Mm, interesting. Right, let's have a look at the poll. Right, now you should be able to see the answers to the poll. Can you see that, everyone? Oh, no. Let's share the results. Oh, I forgot Simon. Simon, I forgot you. I'm so sorry, Simon. What do you think? Ten. 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 Um, can, you, can you see the result? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay, so I'm very, I'm very pleased to, I'm, I'm very pleased to give you the answer. So, according to um, Duncan, who's filled me in, gyms are, gyms are generally between seven and a half thousand and twenty thousand feet. Most are around fifteen thousand feet. So there you go, Dale and Daniel, London office, up, winning straight away. There you go. Look, high five. Right, very good. Right. Okay. Uh, now let's go to, right, how do I do the next, how do I do the next poll? Let's do another poll, then we'll come up with some questions. Right. I was going to say, I thought the requirement for Pure Gym was from six to 20,000 square feet. Yeah, six, six is a little bit small for us, we found after opening a couple oh, okay. of um, so seven, seven and a half is, is about the minimum. It's a nice clean box. Where, 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 hold on, I've got a load of answers coming in. Where do I see the answer? Where? Oh, I see they do got on Facebook. There we go. All right, Liam got it right. Danny, well, look, fourteen thousand. Yeah, but I didn't. Yeah, I didn't have fourteen thousand as a as a an option. But very close. Right. Let's go to the next one. This is this is a good one for all you property boys out there, particularly. Right, for all you property boys. Here's a good one. Normal cost of fit out for a standard gym. Right. So bear in mind. The standard gym is 15,000 feet. 
What's your normal cost of fit out? Hmm. Mm, interesting. Depends who your builder is, I suppose. I mean, do you ever do you ever get a fit out, Duncan, where you're doing the fit out and you come to the end and they say, well, you know, you didn't allow for that pipe and we didn't allow for that pipe, and all of a sudden the costs go up. We, we used to, um, less so now, we've got a much better control now and we've got a schedules of rates and a number of um, fixed contractors that we, that we use. So um, we, we can give them sufficient contracts that you know, they, they win on some and lose on others. Um, so we've pretty much sorted yeah. it. Actually, look, this is really, this is really actually, look at this, this is actually very, very close. Has anyone, I'm gonna give a couple, come on, a couple more votes coming in, please. Any more votes? No? Right, what, so whilst people are finishing off their votes, actually, no, I'll give them, that'll give them an unfair advantage. Right, end polling, here we go, end polling. Uh, before I share the results, let's go round, right. You've got between one and two, Dale. And first again. Um, oh, we were in my list, you see, it's easy. One. You're one. Can't see the poll, no. Uh, no, you can't see it yet. I no, can't see the options. Can't see the poll. Can't see. Oh, the I see. All right, I'll share the results. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> too late now. I'll share the results. Doesn't matter. I'm not. Say, I'm not saying they're right. I'm not saying they're right. It doesn't mean they're right. These are just votes. Um, Marcus, what do you think? I would say a hundred quid a foot. So I gave one point four. You see these technical. Yeah. Richard. Yeah, I, I was. I've got exactly the same sum. Yeah, look. So, 1.4. Quick, uh, Daniel. Daniel. 1.2. Uh, Robert. 1.2. Graham. 1.6. Uh, Doug. 1.2. Simon. 1.2. Interesting. Who's going to? I'm going to let D Duncan reveal the answer. Well, it depends. It depends a little bit, obviously, on, on what sort of a spec you get from a landlord and what kind of building it is. But uh, in the main, it's around one point two million for for a fifteen thousand square foot gym. There you are. I think so I'm going to need right. So two hundred grand's worth of kit and about, about two, yeah, two hundred and seventy. So look at that, Daniel's Daniel's on the button again. Look at that, isn't that clever? He's a he's a bright. I think you seen the email that I sent to you. you know. What a bright. Yeah, I'm glad to your email. What a bright young, what a bright young lad. Right, um, stop showing up. Right, let's go for the third one. This is, this is, this is, okay, here we go. This is a quite a good one. This is, quite a, this is, I don't think you've revealed this actually. So this is quite a good one. How many members are targeted by a pure gym for a typical gym? This is quite a good one, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. So you've got a 15,000 square foot gym. I think you said you want 250 people at a time in there, didn't you? Well, at, at, at a peak, at a peak. At and that's, peak. Kind of, that's pretty busy. Okay, so how many people, how many people do you want for a gym? Well, we're nearly done. Come on, not, we haven't any votes this time. Come on, vote away. Vote away, come on. Okay, whilst they're still voting. Right, ready? Use quick one-word answers. Dale. 
25,000. Marcus. 25. Richard. 20. Daniel. Five. Pardon? 5,000. Robert. 10,000. Graham. 20,000. Doug. 20,000. Simon. 20. There's a lot of 20s in there. <laughs> a lot of 20s in there. Well, um, okay, so we should end the poll now. Let me show, let me show everyone the answer. Let's show, let's, show, let's show the results. So most people think it's a 10,000 10, membership. I can, and we've got a few answers. We've got Sebastian saying 3,000. I am pleased to say 5,000. Yeah, I wish it were 10,000 or 20,000. Duncan and I would have retired a long time ago. <laughs> Daniel, are you on Pure Jim's website just yeah. now? Because this is not right. Daniel, <laughs> I'm at it. You're on the what. website. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, Daniel, Daniel's, Daniel's three in a row. I'll tell you, we're going to come back to this at the moment. Three, three, three. I've, got, three. I've got another three questions. We'll do those in a minute, actually. But Daniel's three in a row. So it looks, it looks like he's going to get a gym membership. Yeah, I need, I need one after, one after a lot. I don't want, want to be that rude, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, right, let's have a look. We've got a couple, I think we've got another question here. Keith Gould, how do you intend to manage the facility during activities? Will you limit areas that can be used during cleaning? Um, so um, it's a, there's a mix of things. Um, there'll be, uh, uh, you know, Clearly, we'll be managing the overall numbers in the site, and we have a big, we, you know, we have a very good technology setup that allows us to actually. You have to put a pin number in, or actually, we're introducing um, barcode and QR code scanners for your phone. So the, it'll be contactless entry essentially. There's a pin number at the moment, um, or a form, so we can limit the overall numbers. And then really it will be down to oversight by the gym staff, which is why we'll only be, we'll open, we won't be opening an unmanned hours and overnight to begin with, because we've got to give the government confidence that we can provide control and oversight of social distancing. Um, and, and it will be down to um, the common sense of members, to be honest, we're going to have to rely on a bit. Um, and in the main, you know, people I think are being sensible about social distancing um, in the UK, except in rallies in London yesterday, obviously. Um, and um, we'll be looking at each area and keeping an eye that people aren't um, overusing them. But because we'll have delineated workspaces in each area, we'll have blocked off um, cardio equipment, um, etc. You, you won't be able to run on a treadmill unless it's there for use in a socially distanced way. In exercise classes, we'll be, um, provided the government allows us to run them, We'll be typically running at about 50% capacity, and those will be the numbers that are allowed in the class. And changing rooms will typically be about six, between four and eight people changing at any one time. And there we will be relying on people to show a little bit of mutual respect. It's sort of hard to police that. We may have to use staff to do that, but we're expecting that you know, nobody wants to be you know, accidentally brushing up against somebody in a changing room in this environment. So if there isn't a space, you wait outside until somebody comes in, you would have thought. So pr pretty, a combination of control, communication, and I hope a bit of common sense from people and some staff oversight should allow us to manage things.
I think the other thing to add there is that most of our members live or, or work very close to the gym that they regularly attend and, and on the pure gym app you can actually have a look in real time and see how many members are in the gym at a particular time they can choose your moments uh, as, to, as to when you go when it's when it's less busy if if social distancing is more or less well, and more than just the numbers at the moment you can look in there's a histogram on the app that you can look at and you say all oh, right the gym's predicted to be busy at four o'clock this afternoon but much less busy at six o'clock i'll go at six o'clock that's a good idea yeah so all, all that what we've learned from, we've opened we opened 39 gyms three weeks ago in switzerland on very similar protocols and there um at there it's, it's just worked really well there's no peak in the in the early evenings people are looking on the app they're looking uh to see when it's less busy they're moving their workout time at the end of the Swiss, the Swiss are a pretty organised group. In fact, in Switzerland, when they announced two metre social distancing, uh, the Swiss response was, why do we have to get so close to one another? <laughs> yeah, the Swiss don't really do close. I mean, the Italians and Spanish are always wanting to hug each other, but the Swiss sort of, you know, keep their distance. <laughs> yeah. You could get, maybe you could get on your app this in integration with a government app, right? So someone uh, comes in who's been within... If they'd be within 15, you know, within five feet of someone who's got COVID, well, alarms could go off and you could ban. You know, like, yeah, well, well there, there are two things that are happening with that. We're looking at that. It's slightly harder than it seems, not least of all with GDPR and data protection and that sort of thing. So that's an issue. But the thing we are doing is the government publishes and updates every day the test data by macro postcode, which is 350 areas around the country. And, this, this might be interesting to you as you speak to your sort of clients in different sectors. What that allows us to do is it allows us to calculate every single day um, in more or less real time the relative risk of any area in the country, i.e. any area of our gyms. So I know, for example, that the risk of getting um, COVID-19 in um, Barnstable or Plymouth is about a tenth of what it is currently in Gateshead or Newcastle. Um, and that allows us then to be super focused on cleaning regimes and um, protocols in Newcastle and Gateshead if we were open and not so much relaxed, but you know, we know we don't have to spend much time worrying about Plymouth or Barnstable because nobody's going to catch it there anyway because there's almost no incidents of the disease and I, I don't know what the government's been doing because we should all know that as a country there's no reason why we should ever have to have a national lockdown again because the data is good enough and when you're doing 200,000 tests a day you're getting enough test data every day and on time series to tell you what's happening to our rates and instance in the population so you know all, all your sort of you know clients in in whether it's retail or leisure or restauranting or whatever I'm actually working with some people I think will probably create a product out of this and and make it available to people so that you can look and know because I, I want to be able to tell my staff if there's a problem and some maybe in some areas if there are some flare-ups we'll close our gyms because we'll say I, I can't put my staff at that risk and, and I can't provide enough guarantees for safety because the instance is too high and others will be able to keep open whatever happens. Humphrey, really I, mean, I, I had a question about that in the science. Yeah. I mean, I kind of sensed a wee bit of cynicism when you were talking about putting down uh, yellow and black tape, yeah. you know, in two-meter boxes and yeah. everything else. And clearly, in your 
organization, you've had to be very mindful of the science yeah. and how yeah. it can all be transmitted. I mean, without getting too political about it, what, what are your views on the science? I mean, this, you know, you go, you go into a supermarket, you've been allowed to go into a supermarket throughout this and people yeah. are tripping over themselves to get to the fruit and veg. So And feeling the fruit and veg, putting it back and then moving yeah. on again. So, yeah. so, um, my view is the following. There is no, this use of the word the science is completely wrong. Uh, there is no single science or data set or right or wrong way of doing things. We're at two meters social distancing. Spain just announced two. Uh, Germany's at one and a half in some situations and one in others. Um, the World Health, Health Organization is at one. In the UK, people are saying you can't take a gym to, into the gym floor, sorry, a towel onto the gym floor. In Germany, they're saying you must take a towel onto the gym floor. There are all sorts of versions out there. And that's why I think we're gonna come back to relying on businesses doing good, sensible things, you know, within a criterion of, of sensible stuff, some of which is obeying the rules that government, the government won't let you get away with stuff with less than two meters. You can scream and shout about it as much as we like, but we've got to work to that. And on the other hand, we're gonna to have to rely on the common sense and uh, a bit of judgment from British people to behave sensibly and do the right thing. And we're going to oversee and try and guide on that. We're going to train. We're going to we're going to train. We're going to explain to people. Uh, we will, um, you know, try and ingrain behaviours in people. But we're going to have to rely on a pretty good, decent uh, amount of judgment. But yeah, you know, we, we're going to have to play by the rules that the government's setting. Otherwise, we'll get closed down. And yeah. I, don't, I don't agree with all of them. Um, I don't think many of them are based on much good sense. But I still want to work within them because I want to run a business and make some revenue. Yeah. Um, I was actually going to ask, with you guys targeting, say, 5,000 members per gym, and once people can start going to gyms again, how are you going to manage the flow of people? So what happens if, you know, 600 sure. people turn up? Yeah, well, so, luckily, um, all 5,000 members in a gym don't all rock up at the same time, generally. Otherwise, yeah. our business would never have worked. Um, but to your specific question, Daniel, um, again, we've got a good technology solution to that in that um, we can control the number of people coming um, or number of people who can come through the door. And when we know a gym's going to get busy, we will, um, it, it, and perhaps too busy, we will institute slot booking. So currently, if you want to attend one of our classes in the gym, going back to pre-COVID, you'd book a slot on it, and then you knew you had a space in the class. Well, in, in this world, um, in the busiest gyms or the busiest hours in the busiest gyms, you're going to book a slot for five to six o'clock and that will guarantee you entry and you won't be able to come in if you haven't booked a slot. Because our, our research with members tells us we'd rather have the inconvenience of having to book a slot mm -hmm. than the inconvenience of having to wait in a queue of 15 people outside for some bugger to come out the door until we can go in. Yeah, yeah. And, so and I guess it relies on... That's the lesser of two evils in that case. We don't think it'll be necessary for more than 10 or 12 hours a week in 10 or 15% of our, of our gyms. And of course, some of those were the really busy central city gyms and they're gonna be less busy anyway because fewer people in the cities. But we've got a, a protocol and a setup for that that's, you know, we know how to manage because we do that for classes. So, and, and the feedback in general from members who we polled on this has been, yeah, that's a really good idea. I don't wanna have to drive to the gym 15 minutes or 10 minutes and then discover I've got to wait outside for 20 minutes and that sort of thing. You know, tell me I've got to be there at five and I've got to be out by six or 6.30 and 
that I'll accept that inconvenience for the fact that I know I know it's going to work. I've got, I'm going to raise a question, quick property question, because I assume there's some property people um, looking. Duncan, what is the average rent per square foot in a pure gym? Do you know that? Is that is there is there an average? It's about six pounds fifty, actually. Um, no, um, I, I actually. <laughs> I wish. I wish. We're, we're expecting a we're expecting a drop post COVID. Um, we're probably um, we've got quite a lot of London gyms now. It's it's probably a little bit over eleven quid a foot. Yeah, about I was going to say between eleven and thirteen pound a square foot across the. Across but surely the, the um, if you if the rents if you're if you're if you had fifteen thousand square foot gyms in every place in the country, you've got to differentiate your rents surely because you're not going to get. Yeah, which we do, of course. We pay much more in London. Yeah, the market much, much less, you know, and elsewhere. Yeah, but you've only got yeah. yeah, you've got you. You're that's assuming only because the density of the offices around your your gyms. That's what it relates to, doesn't it? But this, this, we will get into. I think we will have some interesting discussions with Centre of London landlords. You know, Pretamoje now announced at the um, yeah. end that, that you know they're going to have to have some discussions with landlords about, and this comes to Duncan's point on turnover rent, how are we going to deal with this? Because rents set in the old world, in the near term, are going to be simply unsustainable. Well, what's interesting is you, there's a lot of talk about people not going back to their offices for a long time. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I can't help feeling it's more to do with companies being worried they're going to get sued by someone in their business getting ill. Okay. Than anything else, yeah. And uh, I mean, I mean, I I I very much miss being with the team. I mean, it's all about working at home and having Zoom chats and all that, but it's not the same. They, they don't seem to miss you much, though, Neil. I mean, I don't see anybody. Well, that's because I, I don't see anyone on the webinar weeping about the fact that they're not with you in an office. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I've known you a long time, isn't it, Neil? Is that where we're supposed to come in? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, no, 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 come back. Yeah. Well, none of my team are missing me either, Neil. Nobody, nobody in my team seems. In fact, my team sent me home two weeks before lockdown with some cock and bull story that, you know, they didn't want me kind of getting COVID 19 because who would take the decisions otherwise? That's because you've got so many people. They just wanted me out of the way, I think. How on earth do you have a Christmas party? Well, we, well, we used to have good Christmas parties. We won't be able to have one this year. I haven't got any money, let alone allow him to get in the room and get, get pissed together. So uh, we'll see. <laughs> right, let's, we've got some more questions. Come on, let's get, let's, I love my polls. Let's do another poll. Right, let's try another poll. I love a good poll. How about this one? Here's a good one. Here's a good one. Oh, you, here's a good one. You see that? Yeah. What is the most popular piece of equipment in the gym? Oh, look. Mirrors. <laughs> That's very true. Give it away. What are you doing? I'm only, I'm only, I'm only no, giving it away. I told you that. You know how these, you know how these blokes they stand in front of the gym. Yeah. And, uh, well, it's not only, muscle, you know? not only the blokes, in fairness. Yeah, you know they're all check, check, check it. It's called checking your form. Check it. Is that what it is? Okay. You don't okay. get to do that when you're swimming, Neil, because you've got your head under the water yeah. and it's. Oh, I've got, I've got to tell you about I, this. I thought it was for checking other people's form. 
<laughs> oh, I've got a fantastic piece of equipment. I've got to tell you about it. Well, I have to show you. Uh, uh, it's amazing, amazing. Right, are we done? Okay. Any more votes? Come on. Okay. Let's. Are we done? Oh, right. So treadmill is clearly forty-seven percent. All right. Let me, let's go through quickly. Ready? Down the list. Are you ready, Dale? Go. Come on. What? Weights. I'm going weights. He's going weights. Marcus? Treadmill. Richard? Weights. Dan uh, uh, Daniel? Weights. Robert? I'll go weights because I'm following Daniel. Graham? <laughs> spin, spin bike. That's because you like spinning, isn't it? Doug? Cross trainer. Oh, he's going for cross trainer. Simon? Simon? Is he gone? Oh, he's gone. I'm here on mute. He's muted. Where's Simon gone? Muted. Simon? I think he's gone. Okay, don't worry. Right. End of poll. Here we go. End of poll. Right. There's the result. Okay. Everyone, there's a massive, massive, massive trend towards treadmills. Okay. And the answer is, very interestingly, I got. I there's actually. I got um, a combination from. This is this is care of comfrey. I've got a treadmill and weights. Yeah. So actually, nearly everybody got the answer right, except for Graham and Doug. So there you are. Right next. So that's quite interesting, isn't it? I would. Have, I would have thought. Um, yeah, mirrors. I thought. I thought mirrors would actually get a few more votes. Actually. Yeah. Um, here's a good one. Right, two more questions for the audience. Two more questions. Here's a good. I like this. This is this is actually my favourite question. Right, you put Humphrey and Duncan the one kilometre time trial on a bike. Who wins? Is, is this a powered bike or an or a? Uh, this um, is like a normal racing bike. A normal, you know, normal. But a bike bike as opposed to a motorbike. A bike bike. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, uh, yes. Humphrey, they obviously think you're very fit. Look at this. <laughs> so I tell you what, let's have a hands up. This is much easier, guys. Right, hands up. Who thinks it is Humphrey? Mm, I've got a Dale. Who's put that? Oh, I'm going to ask. It's easier. Well, no, Dale, let's go. Humphrey or Duncan? Dale. Oh, uh, draw. Oh, that's. <laughs> oh, don't be polite. Okay. All right. Marcus, I tell you what, I'm not gonna. You don't need to answer this one. Let's just let's just see. I'm pleased to say that the audience oh, is quite close. very close. It's very close. It's a lot closer than No, I can reveal actually that you put you put Humphrey Cobbold on a racing bike. Not even not even Lance Armstrong can catch him. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> So yeah, but he had special help. Yeah, not, I would say Humphrey Cobbard is not normal on a bike. Right? <laughs> okay. So, uh, so that's. We, an, did, we, last... we need to put that to the test, Duncan. We've never actually ridden together. Uh, we both yeah. have done. Can I use my motorbike, H? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I've got here's the last right, one. Last question, right? One. I've got my very last question of the day. All right. Um, okay. <laughs> Who is Pure Gym's famous ambassador? All right. Okay. 
We've got Usain Bolt, Sir Mo Farrow, Alan Partridge, Dina Asher-Smith, Sir Chris Hoy, Lance Armstrong, Big Daddy, <laughs> Gary Lineker, Sir Steve Redgrave and Johnny Wilkinson. Who actually voted for Alan Partridge? <laughs> well, it looks like, it looks like. I know who it is. You know who it is. Yeah, but you don't look on the website. Don't look on no, the website. No, do that. Okay, I'm going to end the poll and here we go. Actually, everyone seems to know. Look, it's uh, Sir Chris Hoy and Dina Asher Smith. How about that? Yeah. So that's, that's very interesting. It's quite heartening that the message has got out there. That's good. Well, yeah, but clearly your marketing is clearly, I just want to show people, clearly your marketing is actually very good. So here is, where is he? Oh, he's gone. Where's Chris? Where's, where's, where's he gone? Oh, I did have Chris. I did have your pal up here. There's, there he is. There's Dina. There's Chris and Dina's on that picture above as well. There's Chris and... Um, Dina was I don't know why I and there's Dina. Okay, I've got a suggestion for you. Actually, I have to say, I do have a I do have a suggestion for you. Always welcome. Um, where's uh, I had a picture of another potential. Um, uh, oh, it seems to have gone. Where is it? I did have. There was someone else I thought might be quite a good. Um, <laughs> one moment, who I thought might be quite a good. There we go. I thought, uh, there we go. Look, I thought this person might be quite a good, um, what do you think? Do you th how about that, <laughs> you're an ambassador? Yeah, well, unfortunately, we're just, it's the swimming yeah. thing, Neil, you know. We I thought, I, I tell you. I'm with the swimmers. I'm, I'm still yeah, hated swimmer. by the swimmers. I tell you what, you see, yeah. if you, look, you could do the bit of outside, a bit of your common man's, common man promoting. <laughs> If you, if you want to sponsor me, I'll do any swimming race you want. There you are. Neil, was, was that a silver or a gold medal you were holding? Look, looked like a bottle opener. Looked <laughs> like a silver, <laughs> aren't they? Uh, I think it's platinum. I think it was platinum. <laughs> yeah, I think it was platinum, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, I'll tell you what, this missing my swimming is killing me. Yeah, man, there's no, and you're not back in yet, are there? You've been doing any open water, because... Open water is good now, but yeah. But the problem is, the problem with open water is you have to book, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's different. Drive miles. Who can be yeah. bothered? Yeah, they, and they closed the Serpentine down because they didn't handle the book it, handle the booking properly last week. Uh, did they? It's and just. I was, I, was on, I was on a call about swimming this week as well, and I, I think it's looking good for um, um, relatively early in July. I mean, there's no reason why outdoor swimming pool shouldn't be open anyway. No reason at all. You've got chlorine in the water anyway. I mean, we're in the water and UV in the air outdoors. It's bonkers. And then um, indoor ones will be fine too. They'll be, they'll be all the elites may have been back in for three weeks now. So I know. I'd like. I mean, if you could sponsor me as an elite swimmer, I'll be back in the pool. I just need you to. Uh, you'll, be back in, you'll be back in on July fourth, Neil. July fourth. It's a long way away, isn't it? Do you know what? My, I, I actually, I, I, I put on weight. I have to say. Yeah. Can't be bothered with all these, like, you know, these classes at home. It's just a bit boring. Okay, so that's anyway. I think we're I think um, we're coming to the close. It's been really good, really interesting. Yeah. Any more oh. questions uh, from the audience? I don't know about failing my memory. So, 
anything on Facebook? I don't think so. Any questions for the guys? I was just going to ask a bit about competition and whether there's, there's probably um, consolidation that happens amongst the sector. Yep. So um, the blood is on the carpet already in the, um, it's reasonably well known, uh, exercise for less. Um, the number three operator in the budget sector is going into administration. And will I think come out as a, with a pre-pack. Um, uh, so that'll be sort of de facto, that will come out with 15 sites out of 52. Um, Energy, a small, a smaller operator, franchises, has about 100 sites. Yeah. Uh, they'll go into administration later this week or early next week and will come go from 100 to 50 sites. Um, and then, um, you know, we've already been offered packages of sites from those guys and, and um, uh, other opportunities. In, in general, when you buy sites from second or third tier operators that have struggled and failed, you have to invest um, new anyway. So um, we're usually better off signing a new deal with a new landlord and doing it from fresh. We certainly, if we take on any assets like that, we, we only do it on the basis that we rewrite the lease terms and start with a new lease in, in the main. Um, and um, you know, given everybody's also been pumping out or pushing out working capital, stretching suppliers, uh, buying businesses that have got a very stretched supplier base with a lot of cash owing is not a particularly attractive thing at the moment. So um, there won't be much consolidation that we'll do in the immediate, but longer term, I think domestically, there'll be some things that come up. Uh, we're certainly still looking internationally as, as well in the longer term, but got a lot of work to do in the next few months just with what we've got. But there will be quite a lot of fallout in the sector. It's been mm -hmm. a tough time to, I mean, we were fortunate we, you know, we, we've got liquidity, but you know, if you're a small operator and you get hit with no revenues for three months, even with government furlough support and stuff, you know, and support from landlords, that's it's really tough. Yeah, my real worry is that um, when the furlough scheme starts unwinding, yeah. that's when we really see the damage. It will, yeah, it's true, absolutely. Everybody used it to delay redundancies that you'd otherwise yeah. have to make. And so far we've made no redundancies. I hope that's where we end up, but you can't guarantee it. You know, we've got, you know, we've got a big reset of the business to come and we're working hard to minimize the impact of that on people, but you can't guarantee it's going to be nobody. Probably as strong a business as there is in the sector. Um, everybody else will be tougher. UK Active have estimated that there could be as many as 2,500 gyms that close as a result of COVID. Yeah. A lot of the leisure centres, um, which aren't directly commercial tenants and people you guys would deal with, have huge problems because of their cost base. Swimming pools are expensive to run deals, expensive to maintain, even when you're not running them. And they've got big outgoings to councils for their rents and leases. Oh, what do you mean? The local, le the local leisure yeah. centres? Yeah, be better and all those guys. Yeah, yeah, it's a real, it's a, it's a terrible shame actually, because yeah. um, I, you do worry about the mental health of people who are addicted. Let's face it, there are plenty of people who probably go to a gym probably four or five times a week. They, they yeah. probably go and yeah, remove that from their life. It's an important part of their life, yeah. It's, been it's really a tremendous, uh, I mean, I mean, okay, listen, I, I mean, I, yeah, my hobby is swimming. I miss it terribly, but, but, you know, it's not the end of the world, but I would like to get back in the pool, I've got to say. Okay, guys, I think that's it then. It's been a fantastic, um, really interesting.
really interesting. So next time, in the two years time when you come back for the third one, right? Yeah. You'll be you'll actually be dominating the world. You'll probably be phoning uh, your island in the Bahamas by then. <laughs> Don't know about that. I'll yeah. uh, I'll settle for having you know between three hundred and fifty and four hundred gyms and being back on a road of making revenue and some profits and paying all our bills to landlords as we should do. Yeah, yeah, it'd be an interesting month actually. So if anyone out there is a landlord uh, and has uh, wants to let some space to Humphrey or Duncan. Duncan's the man to contact. He actually oh, knows what he's talking okay, about. Okay, Duncan. Duncan. Like I come to us. We'll put you in touch, and uh, we'll be delighted to put you in touch. We, uh, we'll be we're here to help. But I suspect you're going to get quite a lot of phone calls over the next few uh, months. Well, we hope so. Quite a lot of opportunities, actually. It'll be an interesting. It's it, it, whilst it'll be a difficult time, it will certainly be yep. an interesting time, and the strong businesses will come out in what in whichever sector i do i do worry about weak businesses in every sector yep i think that's right i, I think there could be a complete rebasing of things um but we'll see we'll yep. see we'll still here. anyway guys look thank you so much um yeah taking time out thank you very thank much you. guys it's been really thank you thank you very much thank you. and i hope to see, i hope to see you in person at some point in the near future guys i i hope so you know when when regulations allow not that i'm taking that much notice of regulations anymore <laughs> yeah okay duncan humphrey thank great thanks right everyone watching thank you. Thank you. you want a cpd certificate email us we'll send you a cpd certificate um and um we'll see you next time okay, okay. thanks very much guys thank All you